0: Welcome to A Sound Mind and Spirit. I'm Shelley. And I'm Lisa. We're sisters walking together on a journey of faith. We're not perfect, and we
1: definitely don't have all the answers.
0: We're inviting you to walk with us as we explore ways we can better know and grow in our faith together. together.
1: Welcome back to another episode from of sound mind and spirit I'm Shelley and I'm Lisa and today we're going to discuss three small ways parents can prepare their children to face the world from a foundation of faith
0: by all means our three small ways is not an exhaustive list it's just some we'll call them key points to consider yeah, I mean,
1: summer is a natural time of transition. And before we know it, our kids are gonna be moving up into a new grade or changing schools. And that's always stressful. Lisa and I, we've both sent older kids off to college and now my oldest is actually grown and flown. Yay. So we know that <laughs> we know that that going into new schools or new environments can be a time of anxiety and worry for both
0: them and us. Mm-hmm. Whether it's going to middle school, high school, changing schools, or like you said, college. It's, yeah, you're stressing me out a little bit. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have a lot of experience with this, Lisa, so, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, from both perspectives, you know. Well, you're right in that when we were kids, um, you graduated from, well, we were together in high school for one year, you and I were, mm-hmm. um, and then you graduated from high school and mom and dad moved us. The rest of us to a new state so i got to start um start high, high, a new high school in sophomore year and then when i graduated we moved again and mm-hmm. then i went off to college so yeah I, I have some personal experience on switching schools especially as a teenager and then going to college well out of state for me and um making all new friend groups so right yeah right and i had
1: gone to the same school since second grade and then went to a college that was nearby and y'all moved away. So I lost (laughs) my support system, you know? Um, So I was thinking even about our own children and how they've been changing schools and what that brings for all of us in the family and came up with some questions that maybe our listeners are facing the same thing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: One of the things that I remember asking, especially when they went to college, although it holds true for middle school and high school today, is, you know, what can I do to prepare them to face this very secular world that continues to really pull and push them away from
0: what we know is the fullness of truth. That's right. And how do you provide them with that foundation of faith to love and trust God in uncertainty when things are rough or, or just when they're questioning things? Yeah, that's right. And,
1: and. And then even you look inside your own family and say, you know, were my husband and I strong enough role models and and not just in the good times, but when times got rough, did we model to them how to handle that in a, in a positive way?
0: That's a hard one. <laughs> I'm not if you, perfect, I always, again, okay, not perfect. Like, I always like, oh, I could do better. <laughs> There's a reason we call it learning a lesson, right? But, but you're <laughs> right. You have to look at that one because you, you can always, oh, always, it's never too late to improve. Is that the right word?
1: <laughs> right, right. And sometimes your kids surprise you. They have more tenacity and resistance than resilience <laughs> than you think they do. Yeah. So. Or you might have done better than you thought you did
0: which is sometimes
1: you don't know that though until much later oh yeah yeah
0: so (laughs) whether you've dropping off your first kid or your last um or you all your students are still at home with you we have these three things that we have gleaned from our own growing up and dealing with our own kids that maybe they can uh help you develop that foundation of faith to guide your students your teens in in the turbulent years as they face life's challenges and the choices as uh, teens and young adults. Yeah. You want to hit us with number one, Shell? Okay. So number <laughs> one is
1: <laughs> encourage them to continually turn toward God, you know, um, so many things are going to distract them and they're going to be faced with a lot of peer pressure but you want to as best as you can kind of reorder them recenter them make sure that they're not straying too far from their root of of believing in god and knowing god is
0: there and he is real i think a big component of that is i know we've talked about this already on the podcast but knowing that God loves you, that unconditional love and that there's always mercy and forgiveness available because I think teens are searching and um, they're going to screw up. We all screw up. And so knowing that they're never far and that they always can come back and wrap themselves up in God's love. I think that that's a huge one um, just for them to know and then remember over and over again. Yeah, I know that
1: uh, you know kids starting new schools, they're going to be faced with a lot of things that they haven't seen before or heard before, Um, and it could be new ideas or challenges to their beliefs or people telling them that they're wrong, and you know, we just want to make sure that our kids know that, like you say, God loves you, but that they they can go to God, and they can go to Mass, they can take part in the sacraments and reconciliation if they screw up there's always a chance to fix it and and ask god for his divine mercy
0: well and i think i think what you just said is really important god doesn't i mean he knows we're not perfect that's why we have that mercy and we have the opportunity to constantly seek god every day and so now the the hard part about that i'm going to say is that we have to model that for them Hmm. Um, when we make mistakes, you know, like yelling at my kids when I really shouldn't have, things like that. Do I acknowledge that mistake? Do I talk, you know, apologize to my kids when I have truly made a mistake to them? And then do I then go seek the sacraments for myself and turn to God for that mercy and forgiveness and, and not just do it, but subtly let them know that I am practicing what I preach.
1: Mm-hmm. And that even when you mess up, Mm -hmm. you're still trying again. And and every day is a new day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But not using it as a
0: crutch. Like, oh, I can screw up (laughs) because. But just to be honest, like when I do, and my kids will tell you that I screw up all the time. Like when I do, do I then do what I'm telling them to do? Because Mm -hmm. I think they learn a lot from watching us.
1: Yeah. And I was even thinking, you know, starting a new school, sometimes it's, you know, not knowing how to make friends or it's, they forgot their homework.
0: <laughs> how to be yourself though, too, right? hmm. To not yes. try I mean, I remember, um, going to new high school and wishing after a few months that I could have done it again. Like, could I, now, now that I know how I should have behaved or maybe I should have been more myself or, you know, whatever, like, could I, can I start over? Maybe it'd be easier.
1: I think that's a sign of maturity too when you recognize that. And it's not too late to start over. Maybe you've kind of gotten in with the wrong group or, or didn't, you were trying to be somebody you weren't, but you can always take a deep breath, step back, and have courage to try again or change the way your approach is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Number two is encourage them to develop a strong faith-filled community. Really this is about making friends and what kind of friends you make and who you want to be with you on this journey. And I think that's probably one of the hardest challenges for I, them.
0: I was going to say it's it's a hard challenge for us as adults too, right? Mm-hmm. I um, They want to fit in. They want to feel part of something. And so, and that's a very scary thing as adults for facing our kids in today's world, to f- like where are they going to find that home because we want it to be a good um good relationships good examples good role models for them so the best way to do that is to i say set them up for success and um maybe help them find those you know good christian communities a good maybe spiritual community church community friend groups you know whether it's in an activity that they've been passionate about for a long time. Maybe it's a new activity or maybe it's through their campus ministries or um, your home parish.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, when we moved uh, to our current house, uh, my oldest was in middle school and she was going into the eighth grade and it was a real challenge for her to come in at the end of a middle school year where all the cliques had been formed, all the groups had their friends. And I remember signing her up for the middle school program at our church, the, it's, we call it EDGE. It's part of the Life Teen International. And that's where she finally made real friends. At school, not so much. She was at a, not a zoned campus, she was at a special campus. And I remember getting a phone call from the assistant principal, and they said she was eating lunch all by herself. She had no one to eat lunch with. And it was through somebody how do I phrase this? It was through somebody at the the EDGE program, her middle school church program, who knew somebody who introduced her. And then she found a friend. And, and believe me, I was I'd been praying a lot. For it. <laughs> but she finally made a friend and that friend actually was zoned to the high school they actually went to. So it worked out. And then when she transitioned into high school, she had friends already there because she'd made those friends from her middle school faith formation class. Mm-hmm. And that was huge. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I know, like, my oldest went away to college and she um, made connections in her dorm because they were a, a small, I forget what they call it, like living, I don't know, some sort of living group. When she went away to college, she found friends. Uh, she went, to the to the local church she went to the catholic group there and uh, joined a bible study they had a freshman entering freshman in a college bible study group and and they they stay together for all four years but through that she um they went on conferences they they did retreats and things like that and so it's it's been a good home for her to start out school mm-hmm. every
1: time that i've been working with middle school or high school kids either my own or at the church, I remind them that who you surround yourself with is going to affect who you are and you want to be around people that build you up and you in turn build them up and that you're going to make those friends and find those friends in places where you have like things in common and in school often, especially going into a new middle school, those are your extracurriculars, if you like to sing, you're going to make friends in choir. If you go to high school and you're in FFA, you're going to make friends in those classes because you'll have similar interests. You want to find friends and be a friend that's going to challenge each other. And so, um, I think that was a really important tip because going into sixth grade, you and I were talking about this before we started recording that, you go in from maybe an um, elementary school where you have five or six really good friends you all go to the same middle school and suddenly the friend group shifts because mm-hmm. you're all going through the same thing you're you're all trying to redecide who you are and what you're interested in and and that's okay and we have to support and love our kids through that
0: mm-hmm. middle school is, <laughs> middle school is a rough rough time for i think almost every every kid Mm -hmm. yeah one of the one of the things i had under this because it is hard and there are times that your your kids become friends with people with other kids who you really wish they weren't maybe Mm. hanging out with so much um so one of the things that um, i would encourage is helping them find new friends. And that sounds, that's really hard to do. But one of the ways you can do that is give them opportunities to participate and serve in areas where there are other, um, families or kids that you might want to help them gravitate towards. Does that make sense? So Mm -hmm. like, um, like at our parish they do middle school like a camp for middle schoolers and the high schoolers get to volunteer and so for us that's been a way because I, I think the high schoolers have more fun honestly you know being the leaders and all that so you know helping them have that social environment helping out with Vacation Bible School maybe you know if they have a praise and worship group to help sing or play music um usher any, anything like at the church in that way, maybe there is a a charity group. I know out here we have, um, female organizations that do, um, just focus on service and it's, it's not, um, church based at all, but it's, but it's just focused on service. And so it's a mother daughter organization and, and they find all these chairs. So those, those girls become close. And so it's, it's again, helping them, putting them in with people, you know, getting them to sign up for that. My oldest did that. I mentioned the Bible study, but even at her new parish, she signed up to help, she loves to sew, sew altar cloths. Wow. They just dedicated a new parish. And so she signed up with some of the other girls and they came in and sewed all the, um, I can't remember all the fancy names for all the cloths, but (laughs) she had a hand in that. And that's kind of, I mean, that was, was a really neat way to spend time with people and to serve.
1: My daughter, when she went to college, she started out making friends in her dorm and in her business major area, and the friendships weren't really forming into a solid, positive relationship. I reminded her of the story of going into middle school and finding friends in EDGE, and that's when she started going back to, she'd always been going to church, but that's when she started getting involved at that student organization level. And that is where she has found the friends the majority of the friends that she is really strong with today. She still has a few from the other, but mm-hmm. but she really found it when she joined the women's chorus and she found leadership in that organization as well. And she did multiple things over the two or three years that she was involved. But those, that's where I really see her staying friends today.
0: All right, Are we ready for number three?
1: Yes, I think so. Okay, number three is gonna sound very simple, but it is very <laughs> powerful. And number three is simply prayer. Father Patrick Payton says, the family that prays together stays together. And I find it hard to pray as a family, but I think it's important that we introduce and encourage our children to pray and to remember they're not alone. Even when it feels like the whole world is against them, they can always, again, turn to God and pray for the strength or whatever it is they need at that moment. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And I would say you can start simple with, um, prayer before meals and our family, not only do we pray before meal, but then we also add special intentions. And so it, yes, our food gets very cold, but we, <laughs> but we also add in our special intentions at that time. That's a really simple way to, if you're having dinner together to go ahead and, um, have that prayer time. I like that you do that. I have not done
1: that. Um, usually we're doing that blessing before meals and then diving in. So we've had, we've had, I I guess, like seasons of life where we've added a few things, but not like what you just described. I really like that. I might try and
0: like adopt that in our family too. Just just be wary. (laughs) They might be like, uh, my food's getting cold. (laughs) Um, I have, I have a friend of mine that they sit and uh, they go through phases, but they'll sit and pray the rosary as a family and each, they have five people in their family and each person will take a decade of the rosary. And she said it was hard to get it started there as teenagers. It was hard to get them into it, but they've, she's really seen some fruit of it. And that in addition to the prayer, they really, um, have mentioned they like the family time have them all come and sit on the couch together and it's i mean 20 minutes you know but but they linger and talk afterwards and hang out and so um it has wow. turned into something bigger which is um i shouldn't say bigger than prayer that sounds wrong but you know what i'm trying to say it's it's really <laughs> it's brought them together yeah. yeah no that's okay
1: goal that's like a, a goal. <laughs> I, I want that someday i think that would be. I was going to say fun to try. Fun is not the word I should be using.
0: (laughs) Well, um, well, it might be fun as in a struggle, you know, that kind of thing to get it going. But but there is fruit to it, and um, even if it's hard in the beginning, I would. One of the things I used to do with my kids when I used to have to drive them to school before they got on the school bus and stuff was I would pray with them in the car. So when I would we'd be sitting in that long, long line in front of the school to drop them off, we would pray together. And that's something we did. And I kind of miss that, that maybe I'll do that when my one misses the bus and I have to take her to school. <laughs> that's, that's Go back to it. Yeah. But we would we would do it. We would always pray together. You
1: now, when I drove mine to school, we would listen to praise and worship music. We listened to a lot of Catholic radio or The Message on Sirius XM, which is praise songs, or even the local channel, sometimes i'll make them listen to okay this is gonna sound terrible sometimes i make them listen to like the first half of mass which is just the readings so that we at least get the readings in and and i know you're making a face at me (laughs) but but i have these are just things i have done i'm not saying we sustained this very long period of time right now we're on audiobooks no we used
0: to keep it really simple like um we would sometimes do a little devotional in the car whichever one you know was in the front seat would read it and and it would be things like help me smile at someone today or you know something very very simple um so that they could realize it, thank god and gratitude for their day but also realize the impact they could have on those around them and so that was that was kind of our methodology of it and um every every once in a while we'll we'll still we, now that they're big we still do it but but i like it because inviting them that simple prayer of like gratitude and invitation to the Holy Spirit to help with their day. And then maybe how can I shine God's light on somebody else? Like, how can I be that for somebody else? So it's like very, very, very simple. And to me that whether or not they get into all the other stuff, it's like a very small foundation of how do I pray? And how do I invite mm. God into my day every morning? Yeah.
1: We would pray with our children at night uh, when, when they went to bed. and mm-hmm. used to sit, even from a young age, we would sit with them and and say, you know, the bedtime prayers or, you know, guardian angel prayer or just an our father or just a thank you God for this day. Um, hadn't thought of that in a while. My husband and my son actually still do this. And we were talking about the rosary and it occurs to me that all of my children have prayed or do pray the rosary but they do it individually even my youngest falls asleep listening to it on the hallow app that's become his go-to thing to listen to at night yeah that or it's bible stories you know but but at least it what what i'm what i'm trying to say here is at least we know that that these are our seeds that we're planting and Mm -hmm. and not everything is always going to work
0: right i mean no we're not perfect. <laughs> Prayer is as individual and unique as each kid. And so, what you're doing is you're planting the seeds that they hopefully can internalize and turn back to when they, you know, when they're on their own or when they're faced with new challenges. Um mm-hmm. one that I, I do want to mention is given the gift of silence to show them what a gift it is because the world is chaotic and noisy and the phones and the noise It's just, I I feel like it is nonstop. And so whether it is the gift of going for a walk without headphones and just listening to the birds, and to me that that is a prayer to look around and notice nature and everything else, or um, take them to adoration, quiet quiet time in the church to just simply sit and pray it doesn't have to be very long um, but just give them that gift that it's okay to turn everything off and just be and and just listen and I think that um, especially our young people they don't get enough of that
1: I like that a lot that's really good You're exactly right well no matter what like you said the kids are gonna stumble, they're gonna fall, they're gonna go through trials, it's going to be difficult, um, there'll be moments. And I remembered a scripture, because you know me now, I like to look some things up, but <laughs> I like to prepare. I found this one from a time when my own children had stumbled and I had written about St. Paul writing in Romans, it's chapter five, verse three through five. That affliction produces endurance, and endurance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Because having faith and trying to live a life with this foundation in our hearts means believing in something bigger than ourselves and placing our trust in Him during those times of suffering. And I really cling to this sometimes when things go wrong. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God is poured out into our hearts. And it goes right back to that whole God loves us. What's the one thing we learned that is actually the, the, the rock and the foundation of all of life? God mm-hmm. loves us. God loves you. So So anyway, I guess what we're saying is if you've got kids that are, preparing to face a new school or new beginnings, maybe they're transitioning. We wanna remind you to encourage them to turn toward God, to build and seek positive faith communities and strong friendships in those, and teach them and remind them to pray, especially when they're feeling lost or alone, that they are not alone and they can have that friendship with God.
0: And a reminder for us as parents, that we do these things and that we pray always. They are gonna stumble, and there are times that it's gonna be pretty rough, but we are faithful and we continue to pray. We'd
1: like to know what your concerns are or what's worked for you, especially if you have older kids or they've already faced these kinds of, of transitions and challenges. We're always learning and growing too, and. We both have kids still moving into new schools in the next few years so drop you drop us a line and let us know
0: and you can find us always on our website soundmindandspirit.com and if you are not subscribed to this podcast i know we're new still find us you found us you're listening so hit that subscribe button and if you could be so kind and leave us a review We're hoping you love it and you'll leave us a five star, but um, we will take almost any review at this point, but leave us a review because that helps other people find us and gives us a little extra oomph to keep going. So to know that you're out there listening to us and that you hopefully like what we're doing. So, all right, Shel.
1: All right. We'll leave everyone else to it. Y'all go out and have a wonderful day.
0: Thanks.